This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Uh, we are very honored to have uh, Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz come on the show talk a little bit about some of these uh, Trump indictments, particularly the one in Georgia. Um, Mr. Dershowitz is the author of Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. He is perhaps the most famous attorney and law professor in the United States and among maybe the most respected. Uh, Alan, if I may personally, thank you for helping us on a Saturday morning. We're very grateful to you for hey, doing I'm this. A, I'm a big fan of yours, so anytime you ask, I'm always going to say yes. <laughs> you're great. You've been great on the show. And um, I know you're not voting for Trump. I get that. Right. But your legal arguments, let me start um, this. Let me see. The, the DailyMail.com, uh, I'll just read the header, Alan Dershowitz, colon, Al Gore, his legal team, and I tried to find uncounted presidential votes, lobbied officials, and fought in the courts in 2000. The only difference now, the candidate's name is Donald Trump. That's why this prosecution is an outrage. I remember the 2000 thing all too well. Uh, I was on the side of George W. Bush, but I thought the whole thing was an incredible story. So why are the Trump, why is Trump and his people being prosecuted now when you all weren't back then? We were praised. I mean, I wrote a bestseller book about it called <laughs> Supreme Injustice, which got great reviews from the New York Times and everybody else. Um, the difference is a change in time and a change in person, you know. Today's portion of the Bible that's read, it's my 80, it's my 72nd anniversary of my bar mitzvah today. Oh, wonderful. The portion of the week week gives an instruction to prosecutors and judges, and it says, do not recognize faces. That's the ultimate instruction to a judge and a prosecutor. Justice Mm. shouldn't depend on who the person is. Mm. Wear a blindfold. The statue of justice with a blindfold comes from... This biblical command, do mm. not recognize faces. And that's what no. our system has turned into. It's all no. about who you are, what party you're from, what views you represent, you know, what, what color you are, what gender you are. It's all about faces today. And that's that you can't have justice mm. when it depends on who the person is. Now, look, what Al Gore did was much more much, much better from a moral point of view than what Donald Trump did. He conceded victory, even though it was a five to four decision and uh, it was very close. And I think the Supreme Court was wrong. You might think it was right, but he did the right thing. He said, look, I lost. I'm going to go to the inauguration. I'm going to recognize the next president. Donald Trump didn't do that. He mm-hmm. made that speech on December, on January 6th, which I thought was terrible. So, what he did was wrong, but was it criminal? And the answer is no, it wasn't. 
you don't make criminal out of matters of degree. Hmm. And the difference between what we did on behalf of Gore and what the people who have been indicted in Georgia did on behalf of Donald Trump is a matter of degree. And the best way to test that, assume for a moment that Trump was right. Assume for a moment that the election actually went the wrong way in Georgia, that he had enough votes to win. If he had been right, he'd be praised for what he did. Everything in the indictment today would be something he'd be honored for. Oh, my God. He discovered a flawed election. He got it turned around. Everybody should be happy with that. I don't think he was right, but he thinks he was right. And a crime like RICO and conspiracy is in the mind of the defendant. So if he wouldn't have been prosecuted had he been right, he should not be prosecuted if he was wrong, but he honestly believed he was right. And that, to me, is the basic flaw of the Georgia prosecution. And then this prosecutor, this lying, lying prosecutor, looks at the American public and says, I want to bring this case to trial in six months. It's not going to happen. You know Mm. it's not going to happen. And a bunch of amicus curiae Republicans, good people, wrote a brief in the Washington, D.C. case saying they want the trial to start on January 2nd, 2014. That's four months and three weeks after the indictment. Never in the history of the country has anybody ever been brought to trial on a RICO charge or charges complicated like this in four months, five months, six months, eight months, ten months. It's usually over a year. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Um, Professor, is this, so, it's politicized. Is that fair? Absolutely. Of course, it never would happen if the shoe were on the other foot. Right. By the way, you know, going back to the year 2000 and all that, I remember the final concession speech that Al Gore made, which <laughs> Alan was a hell of a speech. Uh, one of the, maybe the best speech he'd ever given. You know, it's I, funny. I, 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 I know Al Gore. I mean, I've talked to him in years. Um, I uh, there was a time in the '80s and early in '90s when I agreed with a lot of what Al Gore said. I, I, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a fan of all of his climate stuff, but some of his other stuff was quite good. Chickley Farm Policy. Uh, so basically, the point is, you're saying you, you all lobbied officials, you fought in the courts, you were looking for additional votes. It's very similar to what Trump has done here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't on any such phone calls, but I can easily imagine a phone call where mm. Larry Tribe or David Boys, the main lawyers for, for Al Gore, were saying, we've got to find 600 votes. I'm sure they're there. Mm. Just have recount after recount. Pick your counties carefully. Remember what we did in the in the in the Gore case. We didn't seek a recount in the entire state because we thought we'd lose that. We sought a recount only in selected counties. And that was a little bit of you know of, of partisan politics, but you play partisan politics when you're representing a partisan. But you could criticize us for that. It's not a crime. 
And, you know, I think, again, the best test of whether there's a crime charge in Georgia is would that same crime have been charged if he turned out to be right? Mm. You know, when Jamie Raskin, my former student, who I gave a good grade in criminal law, <laughs> I would take it back now if I could. He gave the analogy, the stupidest analogy. He would have gotten an F if he had given this analogy. He said, well, you can't go and rob a bank if you think they shortchanged you. <laughs> no, of course not. But you can't rob a bank even if they actually shortchanged you. Mm. Uh, even if they, if you have proof, 100% proof, that they stole the money from you, you can't go back and do it. Best proof of that is, remember O.J. Simpson? He went and tried to retrieve his trophies and stuff mm. that he knew and correctly mm. knew had mm. been stolen from him. And he spent, what, six years in jail for that? Yes. So, you know, of course the analogy is not at all there. You can't rob a bank no matter what. But you can challenge an election, and if you're right, you get praised for it. Um, Professor Dershowitz, you have another piece out. Uh, the Hunter Biden special counsel appointment is blatantly right. illegal. Could you just talk a bit about that, please? Yeah, there's a regulation that says you have to pick the special counsel from outside the government. And last night I proposed something which was painful for me to, to propose because, you know, I know, I know uh, President Biden. I've known him since 1980. I like him. I hope to be able to vote for him. Mm. But I think the time has come to have a special counsel from outside appointed to investigate the allegations against him as well. In fact, if I were Joe Biden, I would be calling for a special counsel. He'd be better off having some very distinguished former dean, president of a university, you know, somebody beyond reproach. Looking at these facts, instead of having congressional committees, dueling committees in the Senate, you know, Democrats in the House, Republicans, looking at this with a partisan eye, I think he'd be better off, particularly if he's innocent. You know, I was accused of sexual misconduct about eight years ago, uh, falsely. But the first thing I did when I was accused is I demanded an FBI investigation. I called for it. I wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal. First time ever anybody's ever done that. I said, I will give all of my documents, will not invoke any privileges. I want to be investigated honestly and fairly. Of course, they didn't do it. And then, then the woman admitted that she, had, she may have confused me with somebody else. So mm. if you're innocent, the best defense is to have an independent investigation. And that's why if I were, I'll go, if I were the lawyer for... Uh, President Biden, if I was convinced he was innocent, I would be the one calling for a special uh, special counsel from outside the government. I never understood, uh, reading all the reports and so forth, um, with respect to this blanket immunity, which popped up uh, at the court hearing in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, with yeah. uh, Judge Naika, uh, Noriega. I, I never understood that. It was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. And then they said, well, no, it's really not on. And then I believe the judge says what asked for constitutional uh, reasons for it, and they couldn't right. find it. I mean, the whole thing right. is a big muddle. How do you see that? Well, remember, I was the only one who predicted uh, over and over again that uh, the judge would not accept the plea bargain. CNN hmm. mocked me. Some of my colleagues mocked me. They all said, oh, judges always accept this. It's routine. I said, not in this case. She's not going to accept it because we don't know what the deal is. We're not sure. What it covers, does it cover, you know, what happened allegedly in Ukraine and China? Does it only cover what happened in Delaware? Mm. How can you accept the plea bargain if you don't know what its terms are? And she was right, mm. uh, and she refused to accept it. Now, you know, there'll be another plea bargain, I predict. 
Uh, I don't think either side wants to bring this case to trial. The problem is the American public is not going to be confident that the man who makes the plea bargain for the government isn't covering his own rear end. Remember, Mm -hmm. he made a sweetheart plea bargain, according to a lot of people. He's going to want to justify that. And I think if he now comes up with an indictment that's going to carry a five-year prison term, people are going to say, well, what happened? Why did you agree to a plea bargain when this information was out there? So he's going to be either consciously or unconsciously inclined to try to justify what he did in the past. That's why he's precisely the wrong person to do this investigation. Do you think at any point in that process that um, Hunter Biden's foreign financial entanglements will be explored? I sure hope so. They should be. Hmm. And I think that if there's any possibility that his father was involved, they should be explored, too. Hmm. The American public has the right to an objective, neutral, nonpartisan determination of that. So far, neutral nonpartisan has been read out of our justice system. Hmm. The justice system today has become so partisan, so dependent on whose party it is, who the person is, race, gender, all of that. Hmm. It's, it's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. I've been doing this 60 years. I never thought we'd come to this. Well, you're very brilliant, and um, you're very gracious to give us your time. Folks, we've been talking to Alan Dershowitz, Professor Emeritus, Harvard Law School, um, you're a prince, Alan. Thank you ever so uh, thank much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk to columnist Joe Concha about politics, maybe life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. This is the Larry Kudlow Show.